Welcome to the Awakened Anesthetist Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Roberts. I'm a certified anesthesiologist assistant living and working outside of Kansas City, Missouri. I created this podcast to give CAAs across the nation a place to come together and awaken to our profession's unique ability to create a life by design rather than default. That process can start by simply listening and engaging with this podcast. By doing so, you're already changing what's possible for CAAs, for you, for me, for all of us. I'm so thankful you're here. Let's jump into this episode and see what we can do together. Thanks for joining me for this latest episode of the Awakened Anesthetist podcast. This episode I created to support the substance use disorder class that I teach at UMKC, Master of Science in Anesthesia program here in Kansas City. I am going to be discussing I statements and how we can use I statements to start a hard conversation that we may want to have with a coworker or a colleague who we suspect may be struggling with substances or maybe just starting down that path. And While I am teaching this method in the class, I wanted to give an additional support that you can return back to because I know that I statements and having hard conversations just in general will not come naturally for all of us, probably not most of us, and we're only going to be able to do that hard thing, have that hard conversation if we practice And to be able to practice effectively at home or 10 years from now, I wanted to be sure that you had this information and it was easily accessible. So I hope you enjoy this episode and look back to it as a resource today and in the future. So let's get into it. I statements are a method of effective communication, especially about hard things. So they are extremely useful because they express your own feelings and they relay your concern while minimizing the chance of getting a negative response from your audience or the person that you're speaking to. I statements start a hard conversation with your own feelings and your own emotions and not with what the person said or did that you find objectionable. Because you're starting with something that is true for you and therefore can't really be argued against, the conversation can, first of all, start and also remain more open because the listener doesn't feel immediately attacked and you're not immediately bringing up this thing that they said or did that may make them feel embarrassed or defensive. I statements are an extremely effective way to start a hard conversation on neutral ground and then let it evolve naturally from there. Unfortunately, I statements are neither magic or foolproof. They are a skillful way to communicate hard things in awkward situations, and they are your best bet for your effectiveness, but they do require knowing how to form an I statement, which we will go over, and they also require practice. So in class, we certainly practiced I statements, but communicating with I statements is something that you can do outside of the classroom. It's something you can do outside of the anesthesia environment. You can do this with your partner or your siblings or the grocery store attendant. And the more you practice, the more comfortable you get, then of course this skill will be easier to bring forward and to use when you're starting that hard conversation. And I do want to mention before I describe the three parts that go into creating an I statement 
that even more important than having this perfect, well-thought-out conversation started with an I statement is to lead with empathy. Empathy is the act of putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And empathy is really, truly always the answer in these hard conversations. It is the thing that you can most rely on to be sure that the person that you are advocating for or concerned about knows that you're coming from the right intention and the right place. So I statements and empathy are really the formula that we are learning and using when confronting a classmate or a colleague or a family member with your hard conversation. When you're crafting your I statement, you want to remember that it has three parts. And I am going to run through those three parts and give an example. Also, it's good to remember that these hard conversations are best if not done spur of the moment. They are best done if you do have some time to prepare and decide your approach and what you would like to say. So you would and should have some time to draft the perfect I statement to have this conversation started on the right footing. This will allow the potentially heightened emotions of the situation to be dampened. And if it is safe to wait until a more appropriate time to have the conversation, you can then prepare and have your I statements ready so that you are feeling more comfortable at the start of the conversation. So an I statement has three components. The first component is the simple idea that your first two words should be, I feel. Following up the two words, I feel, should be an emotion. So an emotion word is something along the lines of sad, frustrated, concerned, confused, worried. Then after the I feel, followed by an emotion word, you want to describe the event that has evoked that feeling or emotion. So I feel blank when. Following when, you are going to describe the event that evoked that emotion in you. And this is something that you would go back while you're preparing for this I statement, and you would really do some inner work into discovering what is the emotion that you were feeling and what specifically is the event that triggered that emotion. So the third component of the I statement is to use the word because. I feel blank when XYZ happened because, and after because, you are going to honestly insert an explanation of why the event caused you to feel the way that you are feeling. You will likely be pointing to the bigger issue or problem that you think the event that you observed is directing you to. So to make this clearer, let me give you an example. I've created a little backstory for my example that everyone who is in anesthesia should be able to relate to, and it is, you have seen your coworker Maria at work on the weekends twice now when she hasn't been scheduled. The first time you ran into her in the locker room, she appeared nervous and agitated and something just felt off to you. She quickly told you that she forgot her book in the OR and had just come back to get it and then she abruptly turned and walked out of the locker room. 
The second time you saw Maria, she was walking out the OR back hallway and you made eye contact, but she didn't even stop to say hi and just hurried through the door. Now it's a month later and Maria just seems withdrawn and agitated and not super out of the ordinary for the busy, burned out January season, but something inside of you tells you something's not quite right. The next week, you have a chance to talk to her when you find yourself and Maria alone in the break room. So a conversation could be crafted and go like this. Hey, Maria, I'm so glad we have some quiet time together. I've been meaning to speak with you. Can you talk for a second? She agrees. I am feeling concerned after seeing you twice at work last month when you weren't scheduled. I'm concerned because I want to be sure you aren't needing someone to talk to. Maybe we keep running into each other because you need a friend to listen. So in that example, you can tell that I didn't exactly stick to the precise words in the script, the three-part script, but I used them to create something that felt more like me. So I said, I am feeling concerned as opposed to I feel concerned, which felt a little bit more robotic in this example. And then I'm feeling concerned when, and the event that I noticed is seeing you twice at work last month when you weren't scheduled, which is a statement of fact as opposed to a judgment. And then because I want to be sure that you aren't needing someone to talk to, which is really when I sat with this example, the thing that I was most focused on. So to me, This I statement feels really relatable, and it also feels like something I would actually say. I would feel comfortable saying this. I don't know that I would have felt comfortable coming up with this on the fly. In fact, to produce this podcast, I really thought about this for, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes, really tried to put myself in both Maria's shoes and then also my own shoes as the coworker who saw her on the weekends. And what exactly I could say and feel comfortable saying that maybe would open Maria up to a conversation as opposed to making her feel embarrassed or like I caught her doing something. So to review, an I statement has three components. The first one is starting with I feel blank and you insert into the blank the emotion that you're feeling. I feel concerned. I feel sad. I feel confused. The second step is to describe the event that has caused you to feel your emotion. I feel confused when I saw you at work twice on the weekends and you weren't scheduled. And the third component of an I statement, describe why the event that you saw made you have that emotion. I feel concerned when I saw you at work on the weekends when you weren't scheduled because I'm worried that you need a friend to talk to and you and I keep running into each other because I'm supposed to be that friend for you. Hey everyone, I am coming into this podcast from the future. After I recorded this podcast in 2021, I actually had a clinical psychologist review the podcast and offer some critiques and some feedback. And so I'm jumping in because she said that it would be helpful if I added a few more examples just to make the I statements more clear and maybe more realistic and give some ideas on how you can tweak the three components to the I statement 
and really make them yours. So I'm here to offer a few more examples on how to start hard conversations with I statements. So here we go. The second I statement that I crafted involves Maria, but in a new situation. And hopefully this one is relatable as well. Here is the backstory. Maria is a CAA and she is your coworker. You already know her to be a really hard worker. She's always willing to trade days or cases with you or with your other colleagues if needed. And really, she's the epitome of a team player. So over the past couple months, Maria has asked you to switch a couple of your call days around saying that she needed a little extra income, which is no big deal and seemed totally normal. You were happy to give her your call shifts because you're actually wanting to work less. And you also heard that she had asked some of your other coworkers for their shifts and they gave them to her again, saying that she needed just a little extra money. But now Maria has texted you kind of randomly and then called you and she is asking to take your weekend call that's in three days. And this is pretty out of the ordinary for your and Maria's relationship. And you're not able to give her your call this time and she just seems pretty upset about it. So this whole interaction strikes you as a little odd and you're starting to think back on what you know about Maria and how she's been asking for everyone's calls. And you don't really have any reason to suspect anything is super off, but yet something just feels off. And now you're wondering, what do you say to Maria when you see her next? So here is what I came up with when I put myself in this situation. Maybe a conversation goes like this. Hey, Maria, I'm feeling pretty worried about you. I know you've been trying to work all these extra shifts because money is a little tight right now, but I'm worried because I feel like there's something more going on. And then the hard part will come where you have to pause and let that sort of awkward, hard conversation, I statement starter linger there between you. And of course, you're picking what you feel like is an appropriate time and place to do this. Hopefully when you're alone, hopefully when Maria has a little bit of downtime and you do as well, so that you could have a conversation if one um, was opened. And you're just holding space for Maria and showing up for her with empathy for, you know, whatever may come next. I also want to offer that it is pretty unlikely that Maria is going to come right out and say exactly what's bothering her or exactly why she's been needing all those extra shifts. But it's important to remember that in this process of caring for our colleagues, we are planting seeds of concern and empathy. And you can keep watching the situation and returning back to Maria with your concern if her behavior continues or your suspicion continues. There's also a cascade of things you could do from this point that we're not going to get into during this podcast, but we will be going over them as students if you are a student in one of my classes. So this is, again, just the starting point. The I statement is the start of the hard conversation. Okay, let's do one more example, and maybe we'll go back to that first story where we spotted Maria in the locker room and then in the OR back hallway after hours, and you knew that she wasn't on call that day. So let's replay that conversation again and maybe take a slightly more direct approach than we did in the first example. 
Hey, Maria, I feel anxious about seeing you last night in the OR, even though you weren't scheduled to work. And I feel even more anxious right now bringing this up. But I feel anxious because seeing what work like that twice when you weren't scheduled doesn't feel like an accident. Can we talk about it? So in this example, the three components, I will break them down for you. The I feel statement is I feel anxious. And why do I feel anxious? What evoked that emotion? It's the fact that you saw Maria twice at work at night when she wasn't scheduled. And the third component, why did seeing her at work make you feel anxious? And it is because it didn't feel like a harmless accident. So after you start this hard conversation with Maria, you're going to pause, create space for her to respond, wait in that awkward silence after you say something sort of big and hard like you just said, and know that you are doing something that is hard and is awkward and is so, so necessary because the only other alternative is to not say anything and to risk an even greater tragedy than you feeling awkward or anxious in this moment. So I hope these additional examples help you practice crafting your own I statements. I also want to add that making one I statement to a coworker you're concerned about or a student colleague that you're concerned about is just the start to this process. It's the start to the hard conversation. It will likely be the first of potentially many, but hopefully it gives you a really tangible, tactical place to start. It can be really scary and vulnerable to approach someone you suspect of misusing substances or that you're just concerned about and you're not really sure why. You do want to keep in mind that you want to have ready next steps or resources in case this is the time where the person divulges any information to you or does ask for help or does admit to having an issue with substances. And so you want to have those resources. And if you're in my class, I will be giving you those resources and we'll be talking about them and discussing them. And if you're just finding this podcast and you're outside of the CAA community, but you are impacted by these I statements and are using them for your own career, your own life, I do want to offer that in the show notes, I have a resource linked about getting help for yourself or getting help for others. And it's got those next step resources and phone numbers and sort of the protocol of what to do next after you start this hard conversation. If you liked this episode and want to hear more like these, be sure you subscribe and then rate and review this podcast. That's going to allow other CAAs and CAA students to find this podcast, and together we can form a community that can build a profession in ways we have yet to imagine. My name's Mary Roberts. I'm the Awakened Anesthetist. And always remember that you deserve to feel good behind the drape. Until next time.